Hey, welcome back to the Brookfield Group's live stream. We have a new special guest with us today. This is Sean. He is the president of Data. El Presidente. El Presidente of Data at the Brookfield Group. And of course, Daniel is here as well. I'm nobody. He's a nobody. Nobody. That's I'm a true. loser. That's not true. Loser. So today, we kind of touched on it a little bit last week. We are going to talk first about passwords and uh, best practices, and then we're going to move into something newish called um, advanced data security as it relates to email. So, passwords. Chris, so, can you pull up the Well, follow-up from last week. Yes. Have you actually looked at a password manager? I have, because uh, I knew you actually you used would, it. <laughs> I knew I'd get put in trouble place? this week. No, I'm evaluating three different password managers right now. What three? Uh, it, I keep calling it DoorDash, but it is. Uh, she gave last, all of her passwords to the DoorDash <laughs> delivery person. It is last, 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 last pass, pass. Dash, lane. dash lane, and one something. One pass. One pass. One word, I don't think is, something. Chris is Sean's mic on. Doesn't sound like it's on. Do a test. We need help. Do it. Test. Help. Test, help. Help. Test. The rarely ever seen Chris. Normally, he's the voice in the sky. So just yell. There we go. Oh, now I can. There we go. We're live. Do we need to put like the, uh, like the uh, the little like thing that pops up when you're having technical difficulties (laughs) on a stream? It's a big caution of a mic. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we need to get the um, like the Sims things. Yep. That would be be above our head. Okay. All right. I'll get Rock'em Sock'em for the next one. So you're using DoorDash, Uber Eats. Yeah. Or what was the other one? Last last, last pass, pass one probably, password or I'll probably do lane. yeah I'll probably do last pass last pass that seems to be like that's a better one most people I know use that unless you're an Apple person then you use Chris what is it you use oh uh, iCloud keychain, keychain. yeah iCloud yeah. keychain I use Dashlane same Dashlane yep oh. Okay. I yeah. mean, Dashlane's the one in the because <laughs> as soon as I have yeah. technical difficulty, you know too. where I'm coming, right? Just yeah. as long as you change your passwords once you start using it. Yeah. That's the big yeah. key. That's, that was the thing I liked about Dashlane was it had like the password reset. The change. Like where you can like go and it'll just click and it'll just like one click change on, seems like about 30% of the passwords that I have. Yeah. And then it gives you a little report and says how many of your passwords are really crappy. How many are reused and that has a little gauge. It's like... It's like the fit, or it's like your uh, Apple Watch, like <laughs> trying to close your rings. You want it all the way up? Just mm-hmm. all passwords are terrible. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just remove all of them. Just <laughs> delete, <laughs> delete them all. So passwords. I did a little bit of research and put together an infographic, which I love. Um, the average person manages you know, about can you pull 100, that up? Oh, it's over there. I see it. Hundred passwords. Each person has about a hundred passwords. Seems about right. Yeah. That seems like a, a little high for me, but then when you start going and you like every bank your, account, every login to your Target. grocery store, yep. the you know every, every login to Target HVAC. And so then, one company did a survey of uh, how many passwords out of fifteen million passwords. It's more than that. Yeah, it's more than that. What a little more than that? It's fifteen billion or fifteen trillion? What is Something it? on there? Chris, can you pull that graphic back up? That is billions. Billions. Billions, billions, 15 billions. Only 2 billion were unique. Well, what's that? There's that database that's like 15 million of the most common passwords that is like. Yeah, it's. um, What it's called. I think that's where this came from, this little factoid. Do you remember what that's called, Chris? Or can you, in your, with your infinite power behind the scenes, can look that up? I forget what that's called. Because you just like upload that into like a testing database or whatever. Yeah, that's the quickest way to try to. Yeah. You don't even. Brute force it. It's got like. 
password one two three and Cordy yes. and Cord- yeah. yeah all the all the great easy ones that everyone likes to use. <clears throat> Leanne, uh, I don't use any of those. You don't. I don't. Yeah. Well, we luckily you won't use them anymore. I won't. <laughs> With, it'll be all crazy numerical alphanumerical ones. The real question is, what are you planning on using for your main password? Correct. Yeah, because that's the that's the that's main the drawback in all of this. Yep. I've I've got a good idea of what I will use. Yeah. Yeah. Can we? You want to you want to put a hint? No. <laughs> See if we can guess it. All right. First test passed. <laughs> so, so tip number two: don't yes, share your passwords. Don't share your passwords. Don't email or text them. That was another hint. Um, use longer passwords. That was another pass uh, phrases. Passphrases. Quick ground fox. Yeah. Oh. Jumped over. That's the a don't use long. or a use. Use passphrases. So okay. really, the characters you're using don't really matter as much as the length does for complexity. Hmm. Interesting. So even though to you it's like, oh, an exclamation point, that looks secure. Like to a computer, it doesn't care. Because it's just a character. It's just a character. It's gonna... Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, n- don't reuse passwords. We were just discussing that, so that's good. Um, check against commonly used. Yep. We'll, f- we'll find that list and we'll yeah, put I've got it, it in somewhere. that infographic. Pull that up uh, again, Chris. The oh the yeah we had the like the top ten yeah the top ten yeah. most commonly used ones one two three four five six and then through nine password or one through three four five QWERTY QWERTY QWERTY, QWERTY one, 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 one. <laughs> that's six exclamation points uh, I think those are all ones oh, those are oh yeah even better. yeah <laughs> even better I try not have any repeating characters so yeah. they're all different. Um, of course, something we talked about last week is the uh, MFA, Adopt MFA, yep. or I ca- like to call it the, what's the wrestling thing? <laughs> MMA. The MMA. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put that MMA on that. I mean, I've got an MMA fighter protecting <laughs> you, my favorite. Right He's the only one that knows my LastPass password, and if you want it, you have to beat him up. Uh, password manager, which we talked about. Yep. Um, and then change after you've had a compromised event. That's a big one. We had a customer this week that had a compromised event, and the first thing we told them is, "Go change all your passwords quickly." Change them all. Change them change all. Change them all. And most of the most of the um, password managers, even like Google's like uh, password manager now and iCloud, will prompt you when Alert like there's something been a, there's been a breach on like was it LinkedIn had another one this yep. year? Mm-hmm. It was like another 50 million user passwords leaked again, and um. And uh, so, yeah, just make sure when something something like that happens, you change your password because people like to use Facebook to get people like to reuse passwords. So like Facebook leaks and you can use that to get to the mm-hmm. to the next thing and down the chain, just work your way in the circle of security. And don't publish the answers to your security questions either. Like, people yeah. like oh, what's my first dog? Oh, my dog's all over my Internet. Yeah. That's yeah. All over my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leanne, yep. looking at you again. I did. Yep. <laughs> What's your mother's maiden name? No, I'm not telling that either. Okay, all right. Question number two, she passed. All right. All right, we're good. Or my father's, my grandfather's first name. That's always a big one, too. Grandfather's first so name. What is it? I've never heard that I'm one. not telling you. It's probably a really good name. Mm-hmm. It is a good one. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, Grandfather on my mom's side is an even better name, but they never ask me that one. They always ask <laughs> my, that, my maternal grandmother and my paternal grandfather. Yeah, I don't think I've ever used that one. Just really trick up, trip up the hackers and just answer it wrong. Mm-hmm. They'll never know. Just but then the I've got to remember. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then there comes your password manager. Yes. Note section on that yeah. password, and you're perfect. Right in the vault. Yep. All perfect. right, I'm going for it. I'm gonna get. Okay, so are we gonna put a week. are we gonna put a timeline on that? Yes, I'll, I will have it complete. So update next week. By next week, yeah. Leanne will have a password manager. Okay, put it on the calendar. With passwords changed? Probably yes. not. Yes, 
Because I can't really element. remember any of them anyway, so I'm going to have to change. <laughs> That's true. So security and <laughs> so, I don't even yeah. remember. I just, mm. That's the best level of security. Uh, anything else on passwords? What about uh, Microsoft and passwords? What was that? I was, yeah, we were talking about Chris earlier. informed us prior to the show that um, Microsoft wants to get rid of passwords. And so like they, you know, Windows Hello is one of the things, Apple Face ID, stuff like that. You're going more biometric. The thing that, the question, the thing, and I said this to Chris too, is what I don't understand with Windows Hello is that the, the backup, like, so if you don't get logged in first try, it is a four digit pin to be able to then get into it. So if we, if you just look, you just saw our most common passwords. If someone can't be bothered to type in a password, they just want to use their face. They're probably going to do like one 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 two 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 one two three four or something like that. So how much secu- how secure is it? I think really? you can restrict at the domain level though, if you need to, to just have it only be on like to you're... either be your full password that meets oh, company password requirements yeah. or yeah, yeah. For like your basic computer, it's like yep, and all I need is a exactly yeah. So I don't know. Mm. So, verdict's still out on that point. I do like the fact that they're moving like with Authenticator or like with Duo or others where you can have like a a known like fingerprinted device like your phone. Something that's that, signed, yeah. Yeah, that you can say, okay, when it, I get the push to log in, I can just say, yes, I accept it and you go right through it. So that that I'm a little bit more on board with. Yep. But still, it's uh, like our door control system now is all only through our phone because they've done the study to say that that's more likely more secure than like an RFID tag that you're likely to leave laying around somewhere or forget about or anything like that. Or leave it home before you go to work and then you're never without your phone. Yeah. At least some people are never without their phone. Never. So I found a list uh, from Nord, which is the 200 uh, most used passwords of 2020, most common passwords. And are we sponsored by NordVPN? I yet? think we are now. <laughs> we use our code. Sweet. Use our code. <laughs> this one was interesting. Picture one. Hmm. Oh, it's a new one. It's it's moving up the rankings. I mean, it took three hours to crack. That looks pretty serious. This, yeah. That's kind of <laughs> the whole the whole stats of how long it takes to crack is kind of insane. Like less than a second for most for the almost all the top Picture one's secure. Senna. Huh. Senna. Oh, QWERTY moved down. Oh. Million People are two. on to QWERTY. Aaron, what's he doing? Or she. Aaron. OMG pop. QWERTY. QWERTY. UI. 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 Six, 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 six. Oh, boy. <laughs> hmm. Ashley. If, if anyone sees their passwords on this right now, they should <laughs> hurry up and go change them, like, right away. Somebody's using Jacket025. Dragon. Pokemon. Wow. It's an enlightening list, that's for sure. I haven't seen any of my passwords. I've seen like no. seven of mine. So. <laughs> so this one takes that's some good ideas I'm taking. From this yeah. 12, 12 days for this one. Yeah, see, that's, a, that's, that's secure. Yeah. Less than a second. Oh, 1Q2. <laughs> so it's oh. QWERTY, but it's... Oh, yeah. Alternate. <laughs> yep. Hey, I'm number 77. 86, you're going to have to blur that, Chris. <laughs> that's your... Uh, <laughs> the keys to the kingdom right there. <laughs> Purple, Samantha, 888. Well, there's some really crappy passwords yeah, on there. You shouldn't use them. Yes. Use any of those. There should just never be your password in general. So, um, Okay, so I think we've really Talk wrung out everything about passwords. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Let's move on to advanced email security. What's that? <gasps> What's Who said that? that? Who said that? So it can, from what I was reading, it can actually go both ways. Things that you send out and things that you come in. So 
with layered security becoming more and more popular uh, and more adopted rate, I should say, uh, email is the easiest place for hackers to get in or for ransomware, any of that kind of stuff, malicious stuff to get in is through the email system. So let me look at my notes here. Um, one report said 94% of malware delivered this year was through email. 94%. Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's where we see primarily all of the attacks that we deal with on an almost daily basis. And phishing attacks this year, Q1 and Q2, is up uh, 62%. So it, it kind over of, last year, just over like just year, year to year, year, year over year, year. yeah, wow. year over year up. That's crazy. I'm seeing it. Yeah. So, yeah. So the legacy so that many hackers are like going out fishing. I know. Like go, go on, get gone, a rod, reel, boat and everything. Kind and they go fishing. Nice. Gone yeah. fishing. <laughs> yeah. We're getting wintertime. Yeah, yeah, it's ice exactly. fishing now. <laughs> so we got where there's spear fishing. Yep. There's whaling. There is there ice fishing as a term for security. I hope we didn't just create it. I hope we, if we did, we better pioneer something Ooh, about I'm it. I'm getting the URL yeah. as soon as maybe <laughs> maybe we our marketing campaign is we're icing fishing. Ooh. So like we're cutting out the ability for people to fish. I like it. There it is a little closet just, marketer. Just don't get a aug an auger on a thing and a little hat and don't talk to anybody from Minnesota. Just don't do it. Stay out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Who thinks that's a fun thing to set out on the big block of ice? Not me. Hey, careful. Uh, people have some pretty fancy shelters they put out yeah, there. There's True. Like there's. Yeah. True. Okay, sorry. I, uh, I right. derailed this a little bit. I so like the ones that look like a real cabin, yep. and then inside is like an ice floor. So. A hole? Yeah, the hole. <laughs> Just swimming. <laughs> Jacuzzi. Uh, okay, so legacy email security is not going to cut it anymore. So what is new in the email security world? What is legacy? Yeah. Legacy is like old school, I would say... Maybe just using like Microsoft Windows, whatever's built into that instead of some of the newer tools. Yeah. So a lot of it's we're conventionally just always a firewall, basically, right? A gateway that's bringing in all the email and you're hopefully just catching it right at that one layer and uh, looking for definitions or other known attacks. Uh, and then Creating yeah. whitelists, blacklists, exactly. IP blocks, domain blocks, things like that. Yep. And uh, which is it's good, but it's only goes so far. People can easily spoof against that if you don't have SPF or sender policy framework turned on, which is checking to make sure where your email originated from, making mm. sure it's actually coming from the company that claims to be that company. Um, yeah, a lot more, a lot of new tools coming mm. out too. Those have been around for a while, obviously, but now there's spear phishing is probably the biggest one, like you were just mentioning, that's really come about to... Uh, yeah, because it comes in as nothing malicious. Like you'd just be purely like a, a normal text, no malicious link, no nothing that would like normally like say, hey, I should block this. Yeah. And then... It's like, okay, it gets through to the end user, and at that point, it they're impersonating somebody within the organization to get them to do it. So there becomes like things like intent analysis. Is, is that how they normally speak to their employees? Like, I very I usually speak very rudely to my employees, so if it comes across really li <laughs> nice, that, that can't be me. So, But that's the thing is they usually go after C-suite. They usually look at who are the people that would believe this email if I try to give a sense of urgency because yep. they want to appease their boss. They want to make sure that they're doing what's right, and usually it's... Buying gift cards or... I need $1,000 in gift cards right now. I'm in a meeting. I Can't go. be bothered. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And so they, they'll just create like a Gmail that just says Daniel Abdallah and send an email. And if you're not careful and watching that it's, oh, wow, this isn't Daniel's Brookfield account. Like at Gmail or at ProtonMail or at something along those lines. Yeah. And then it and can the, be anything you want. And all the point. conventional checks, that would all go through because that's a clean email from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But knowing who's actually in your in your domain to say, nope. This is not actually Daniel's, or this is not validated that it's Daniel's it's actual personal, like yep. real email. 
I think it's going to increase, especially coming into the holiday season. You know, I get them all the time in an old account that I have that's, you know, this, your order from Amazon has been delayed. You know, mm-hmm. of course you're like, oh, I did order something from Amazon. I mean, who hasn't? Yeah, UPS, you know? <laughs> FedEx, all those ones are always Yeah, targeted. so you like click on it and you're just like, no. The one I've seen a couple of times um, is like your, thank you for your, your McAfee uh, security renewal. Yep. It's like, oh wow, I didn't know I did that. And then you go and yeah, or LinkedIn Connect, or LinkedIn. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So all those best just to go to the source and not actually click on it or hover over and see yeah, where the link's hover. about to go. Yep. So I mean, there's like you mentioned things like URL filtering, anti-spoofing, attachment scanning, and analysis and sandboxing is a bigger thing, which is where I'll actually open it up, see if there's something malicious hidden in that attachment before it'll send it. So oh. you can have it send it the email and hold the attachment and then later it'll just show up in your mailbox, which yeah. kind of weird witchcraft magicry. Or URL redirecting, I think has been mm-hmm. getting more popular too. Where they'll, What's that? So they'll send you a link that it goes to some website that they control. Yeah. And it, initially the spam filter might not pick it up as a malicious site, but they then later, after it's been sent to you in your email, they'll redirect that website somewhere else that actually does become malicious to you. Huh. And so there's ways to protect against that, which is you uh, basically redirect it always to your spam filter. So whenever you click it, it gets checked right at that real-time uh, filtering as opposed to just relying on what it was when it went through once. Mm-hmm. Have wow. we moved completely over to the security layer of email being at the server level or is at the client level, is there any security that's actually happening anymore? So, yeah, so I guess it's less of the client level and more, I guess, the mailbox level. I mean, there are things that we do on the end client PC, but it's... Uh, more of the legacy is you filter it right when it comes through and then it's either made it or it didn't and you're good to go. There's now actual a lot of, especially with 365, some API integrations that let you dig into the mailboxes and scan it in history. So if something that mm. previously wasn't malicious or something new attack came up and it was realized, you can actually go and remediate it out of the user's mailbox as opposed to sending the email like, hey, if anyone saw this email, go delete it and good luck. And hopefully they see that email before they see the malicious one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and like so, like yeah, so like something gets through, we get an alert about it, we see this thing about it, we can see who all received that email. We can also see if it's one of the ones where it, it hijacks someone's email and then sends out a whole bunch of emails through like their entire like contact list. We could also then see who all of that got sent to from the outside of the organization. So in the event where you actually have to follow a remediation plan and action plan on that, you know, that compromised event, there would be a log to say. These are all the people internally that received it. These are all the people that received it externally. We can remove that message, remove all traces of it from from there, block all of it at that point, and then we can easily send out a message to all of those that received that email to say, this email was malicious. Do not interact with it. Do not click on it. We have now remediated it. And basically. we can even go a step further with that also. Is with, the, uh, with the forensics, you can also basically say this was an attack. And so then if it actually comes in again, it's now been known and can alert that hey, these messages are still coming in yep. and see how everything uh, interacted with it. So, so I can actually learn from the events going forward. Yep. Because hmm. so. we we had a client, was that last year that happened to? It's happened, yeah. It's, it's pretty common because the other issue is it's it's only as g- certain things as long as like that you can actually go back and, and fix, but some of it's just as good as the user is at learning on how to deal with it. So like there's been a time where uh, email actually went to someone's junk folder, so it means the spam filter did effectively what it should have, but they saw someone's name in it. And so they're like, oh, this is actually someone important. This is my CEO of the company. I'm gonna go do what's right and help him. So like, oops, even it though got it, stuck. Yeah, even though yeah. it made it to the junk folder, they still pulled, dug it back out and uh, went and bought some gift cards, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So user training. Yes, yep. that's my last note on my 
paper here, training, training, training. So got to stay up on top of all the new stuff coming out. We offer training as well, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So we have, I mean, there's, there's obviously different levels than that. There's the, the, you know, 10 quick tips or whatever, mm -hmm. like hover over a URL, which with URL redirecting, it doesn't really do too much anymore with like the spam filtering or the email security that we're using. But like, um, but you know, double check, hover over the person who received it. If it's like your CEO's name, but you don't expect them to send, hover over it. Is it a Gmail account or is it your company domain yeah. name? Um, is there misspellings? Misspellings, yeah. Don't download pictures until you know the sender and all that stuff. So you're not downloading malicious content. Don't open up attachments you don't expect. Yeah, all those. Yep. And so that's one level, just kind of like the quick, like glossing over, like here are the top 10 tips or whatever. Then there's a whole nother level, which is awareness training, which is simulated phishing attacks or simulated attacks that go into users' inboxes that they're, they follow all the same things that are in in the um, industry right now as far as like leading attacks that are out there, simulate it, it's non-malicious, but it has the same effect. Only difference here is that it logs who actually participated and was, you know, like went into and opened up the email and interacted with it and then puts them on a list that they have to get training, gives them a quiz, gives them additional training information, either a video or documentation they have to read and then quizzes them to make sure it, um, they actually learned it. It's really like whack-a-mole. I mean, it's basically, <laughs> yeah. they, they figure out how to get in one way, you, you block it, and then it's just constantly back and forth of figuring out how to stop the new attacks. And if somebody gets, if on. you get gift cards once, yep. you're, you're an easy mark. You're a mark at that point. And so, you know, you've, you've once it happens, you got to really tighten up security to make sure that it uh, you learn from it and you actually implement things to improve your security posture after that. Because I think, the training itself, yes, but it needs to be continual training. Like even though, oh, I already you've already got taught me about you know a spear phishing campaign. It's like you have to just keep reiterating it. And, um, yep. and that's where the training's great because it shows people where they may have misstepped. Did they click something? Did they open something? Did they forward it to someone else where they shouldn't have? And right then, it's not just a oh yeah, I know this. It's a hey, this is actually a learning opportunity for you, and be able to explain this is the best practice as to how to manage this when it happens. And as an organization, now they're. So you, every you know everyone's now familiar with like the uh, blue check mark like on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that like a verified account. So there are ways now um, I've been playing with it is to like verify as a company like us as Brookfield could verify us with cert with certificate with a certificate authority that say we are who we are and then it also in the contact information like you know an Outlook or anything now it puts a little icon next to whoever and usually it's like. It'll be like a B because the Brookfield like domain star will be TB in our case most of the time, but we can actually have it be our logo. And so then that can validate that you're, you are a verified sender. And then you can also have it be where an individual can get an, a, a cert that can say, I, Daniel, part of my company am verified. And then there'll be a blue check mark next to it in the event. And then it'll do things like, um, I think it's called SM, um, SMIE or uh, I can't remember the what the what the breakdown of it is anymore but if like someone sends me an email with it or if I send someone with an email that has an attachment or any of the verbiage in it on my browser or on my iOS device or any device or anything like that it in the notification that pops up it by default hides what the message is so it will just say from Daniel but you have to click into it to actually then view the message so if it goes an extra layer of security of saying like a unattended device that's receiving email won't just show you what the right. um, what the message was. Hmm. So I've been playing with that a little bit. It gives a little hiccups because if you don't get it right, 
it does the very inverse thing, which is makes it seem like I'm immediately a malicious person oh. because I'm not verified <laughs> at all. And it does like a red like uh, banner warning. across all of it, warning, Danger. yeah, all this kind of stuff. So <laughs> you have to get it right before you implement it. Otherwise, you'll do more harm than you're intending to do. So going back a little bit to uh, passwords and notifications, Luke from the chat <clears throat> Luke. Asks, do you all use the 2FA authenticator functionality of your password manager, or you do use a separate authenticator app to get 2FA codes? So Dashlane, by default for me, uses, if I log in from a new device, it has 2FA built into it, where I either have to authenticate from another, like a, an a authenticated device, device, to verify device, or I have to go to like my email or something like that to be able to get access to it, which I use 2FA on. Same. Blanket across TBG, all of our apps that have 2FA have 2FA enabled, and everyone hates Sean and I for it. Mm -hmm. I like so. it. Yeah. Until okay. You change your phone. Where okay. do you? What's your Venmo account again? Can I send you ten bucks <laughs> like we talked about to say that? But we use a separate, a, a, an external authenticator app for our 2FA. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So like, I think I think their question is. Do we have clarify your question if that, you're still there? <laughs> <laughs> you're still in the chat. But like, so if, if we were using Microsoft products, do we also use Microsoft Authenticator to to do two oh, FA? We do not. No, I mean, what's, I don't, what's best practice there? Is it is it best to use a third party or it's best to use one? Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Microsoft. I think it was a year or so ago. Basically, said you know get rid of your like so many things use sms for 2fa um don't use that because that can just be easily compromised just almost just as easy as like your password can at this point um but i think anyone as long as you're doing something i don't know if there's i haven't necessarily taken the time to understand if there is a best practice one we've used ones that integrate the best with the tools that we have and that's really more the best practice in my mind because it makes it easier for everybody. Yeah, as long as it's easy, because if it's not easy, people won't use it. So Correct. that's where like Duo came, where it's a, rather than having to type in the six digit rolling code, you can hit approve, which that yep. sounds simple, but that was enough to, for certain users that it, they're much more willing to adopt it when it's that yeah. easy for them. Yeah, unintrus as unintrusive as possible with the amount of like, the greatest amount of security gain is probably the, the best place you want to be right now. Good question. Yes, thanks Luke. Any other questions in our chat? Chris? He's not going to clarify his question, though. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that seems very rude. Any other questions? 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 Going once? Going twice? I have a question about implementation of policies. Um, Federal can, policy? Because I have well, no clue on that. So uh, let's say, narrow it in a little bit here. Let's say email policy or... Uh, requiring people to have 2FA, what kind of, um, obviously, obviously employees will do a pushback, right? So they won't want to do it. What's kind of some um, tips that you can give people when they roll out something like this in their company? The one thing that I've seen is insurance companies, cyber insurance companies are or requiring it. So it's good for, um, you know, your IT guy to say, hey, it's not me saying that you guys have to do this. It's our insurance company and we all have to be in compliance. Yeah, that, that's a big driver in a lot of cases to get the use because it's not that they don't trust us. It's like, oh, this is so hard. I don't want to implement it. But now it's like, hey, there's this authority that's actually going to means real dollars right at that time. Because it's always people don't want to think about security until they have an attack. And that's like good security. You don't it's blocking so much that you don't realize it's that's where like if people were like, oh, the our spam folder is not doing well, you're like, do you want me to let through everything it did, Brock? Like, yeah. just because you got one yeah. email that happened to make it through, like, it is there's so much uh, millions. I th I don't 
I'd have to look at our current like security gateway for email, like yes. what the count is. I don't know if we can even pull a lifetime count, but it's got to be billions oh, yeah. of emails and spam that we've blocked over the years. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like the one that gets through and as opposed to the hundreds of thousands that that, that individual, just that user probably gets over like their lifetime career at whatever company that is. I think back to policy, it's not necessarily exactly your question, but one of the big stances we're changing with our email policy is that uh, we're trying to really not use uh, allow lists and block lists. I mean, block lists are okay, but allow lists are really usually a band-aid for a, another company that didn't set up their IT structure correctly. Like uh, just recently we were talking about someone that didn't have their, their DKIM set up. And so we take the stance that just get us in contact with your IT. We're happy to help you. We want everyone to be set up because sure, I can do your allow list, but 20 other companies you try to communicate with are going to be also blocked for you. And so to mm -hmm. just protect everyone, it's best to follow the best standard practices. Well, the, the big thing too with like security in general on a company is like has to be a united front from whoever like the decision makers are. Because if you get one person that starts saying, oh, well, if they're the one that wanted to do it, like I didn't want to do this, like then that just starts to like put a divide between the people that want to do it and just causes a riff. Like they're going to be the, always be the people that see the value in it. And then there's going to be those people that probably see the value in it, but the inconvenience is so high that they don't want to deal with it. And then, um, but if you have a united front or you, you have the reasoning well laid out or explained to say, here's the reasons why, and this is the benefit to you, to us, and the security that it gives us as an organization, that is a much easier conversation ongoing and that makes it easier for the next layer that comes in. Mm -hmm. Good question, Chris. The voice in the sky. The voice in the sky, um, which Sean kind of touched a little bit on, I think what we're going to talk about a little bit next week, which will be a uh, disaster recovery um, plan. A lot of people don't have a plan. And like he was mentioning, uh, they don't, don't think they need it until it happens to them. And they don't understand what everyone's roles are, how to recover their data, where all their logins and passwords are, and how did I have all these administrators in my account? I mean, so there's like audits that you can do uh, in the meantime. And um, one of the services we offer here is how to build a disaster recovery plan. Yeah, mm -hmm. that really gets into your business practices too, even mm -hmm. just beyond IT, like there's a lot, it's a, yeah. it's a real conversation. It's Yeah, I think that's, I think that's some of the things that I think gets lost sometimes is, um, is, you know, oh, I need a disaster recovery plan or something like that. It's like, well, that, affects more than just is your data backed up or do I have a copy of it or what what happens in the event it, it really goes down to like the full business practice stuff so we'll we can, we'll get into that next week but it's a it's a it's a very detailed conversation more so than just saying you need this thing yep yeah yeah and a lot of and like we brought up today insurance is asking for it more and more mm -hmm. especially now with like remote like work yes like what happens when so there's so many things like that can break down a chain like one person's internet could go out which then if they're key to getting something done can have a ripple effect on everything else and that isn't even like what disaster recovery would have been you know or co business continuity would have been defined as previously it was more of like our internet at our office and everybody doesn't work or like a core thing of our infrastructure is down but now like you know with a comcast outage at someone's home or in a region or an area that could affect tens of or hundreds of employees that could really actually affect how your business is operating that day. Yeah. So. Especially with all the weather that's been going through. I mean, there's going to be, it's tornado season, it's ice season, it's flooding season. It's everything is just, uh, it's crazy out there. Yep. It's crazy, yeah. crazy. 
Um, so if anybody's interested in having a fishing campaign done at their company, get in contact with us. We can tell you all the ins and outs of that and get that set up for you. Otherwise, we will sign off and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. See ya. See ya.